Nice move to gain the line, right circle, shot, scores! Connor Bedard has arrived here at the Brad Center, is first in the Western Hockey League. Left wing side takes a hard hit, gets the pass over to Gunther. Gunther back for feet, tip, they score! Jake Neighbors takes the hit to make the play inside the Hurricanes blue line. Giants free it in the slot, Byron scores! Turn back. Back door, Hanouk, he scores, it's over, it's over, game seven, overtime, hero, Dante Hanouk, do you believe it? Welcome into WHL Unfiltered. Uh, pleased to be joined by Toby Boulay, father of the, the late Logan Boulay. Uh, how's, uh, how's your evening going there, Toby? Um, well, first off, Chet, thanks for having me on your show tonight. I've been looking forward to it for a little while. You asked me quite a while ago, and I kind of said mm, no, and then you asked me again. And I said, yeah, and we just didn't quite make it that night, but tonight I'm ready to go. Had a pretty good day today. Interviewed with CBC this morning and had some other stuff. We've got a phone call with TSN tomorrow, and... Uh, and then, and then I opened a little miniature conference of the Alberta Transplant Institute. And so we're kind of all over the map with what's going on. And March is a real big, busy time in our house. And busy is a good thing at this time of year, I guess. If I had nothing to go on, I wouldn't be, I'd have a very long day. Like being busy is good. So. Yeah, you, you, you yeah. mentioned that, that, you know, I bugged you earlier. And then it's also kind of the busy season. I mean, you know, we focus on a lot of the, the positives that, that came out of that that tragedy that, that, you know, it cost you your son, you know, we look at, you know, the, the hockey gives blood, you know, the initiative came out of that. And then obviously, you know, the green shirt day and the, and the Logan Boulay effect. And so, I mean, yeah, I imagine you know, your phone does get kind of busy this time of year, but you know, part of why I was bugging you prior, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it seems like you've always got your nose in something, in some of these projects, in, you know, some of these trying to, some of these ways to try to, to, to find, positives and keep moving forward and seeing what we can what we can do to try to you know better society and so i've you know i don't it's not like it, you have a busy season but you don't have an off season is it was that how you'd say that no there's no real off season and that's it's, you put it very very well my wife and i were both well she's a teacher i retired but i coached sports i managed sports national management national programs provincial programs i've been doing stuff for 30 some years as an adult and so always been busy year round and my wife's been busy and so there is no real downtime at the Boulay house and certainly with uh, since Logan passed it hasn't got less time it's just um, a different kind of demand on our time and a dime that we certainly love to share and we get to talk about Logan and how that's affected our family and how it's affected the people it's it's a win-win I guess. Well, you you know, you mentioned your your background and, and and Logan's mom's background as 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 teachers, and that's something I hadn't thought about till just now. That you know, you you've already dedicated you know a good portion of your life to you know trying to to, to make the world better around us and try to, to to lift everyone up and 
you know, now that you're retired, I mean, you'd think, you know, most of the time you'd be, you know, putting your feet up or, or going fishing, but, you know, you've just taken that work in a, in a, in a different direction as far as trying to, uh, you know, improve the, the world we live in. And, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's sad that it, it had to, you know, take the, the tragedy we, we went through and that you especially went through to, to get there. But, you know, I mean, how, you know, how, how much does it help to have these outlets to try to, to, to make sense of it all? Having outlets like this has probably saved me from many negative paths I could have been on, right? I mean, the fact, and, I, and I'm on outlets, like, for example, like, I don't know, I sit on the Leopards Tabor, our city I live in is Leopards, there's a small city called Tabor, Leopards Tabor Kids Sport, that's where you raise money, you allow kids to play sport for their family's camp base, so I'm on that board. I also sit on the Alberta King Transplant Association, Alberta Board, um, not just kind of a new member to that board, and I'm yeah, I'm on the uh, Donate Life. The United States is called Donate Life, and in Canada it's called Donate Life Canada. They're just forming a board, and I'm on that board. I just got to put on that board, and, and I was on a Bring Back the Pronghorn Hockey board, so like I shut down this last week. There's just no money in Alberta right now, but so we're doing stuff, and we're doing stuff with with friends and people I don't know, and making new friends, I guess, and learning a lot about stuff stuff I hadn't really paid attention to before. So, I mean, you sign your donor card, you register to be an organ donor, or any of those types of things, they just kind of forget about it. And then something happens in your life, and then you become, you have a choice, either you get involved, or you don't. And by the way, our family, we chose to be involved, and to promote as best we can, making people's lives better. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, it it, it, it should need to be said, but, you know, I mean, I should throw out there that, you know, I mean, every, everyone deals with, with things differently and, you know, every set of circumstances is unique and, you know, I don't, you know, it's, it's, uh, we, we want to celebrate, you know, folks like, like you, Toby, that are, you know, taking the, the path that you're taking, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with, you know, laying low and just kind of doing your own thing and kind of, you know, walking away from it all. And, and you know, I'm sure there's some families that, that went that route as well, you know, in order to, uh, you know, cherish their, their loved ones and deal with their, with their loss. But, you know, it also doesn't make for, you know, a very interesting conversation in a show like this, whereas, you know, your projects do. And, you know, we can try to, you know, get, you know, kind of that word out there on some of the, some of the things, you know, with, uh, you know, like Green Shirt Day, for example, and some of the, you know, I know you worked on some seatbelt initiatives and, and speed limits and all kinds, I mean, there's all kinds of different, you know, things that, that uh you know directions you can go i mean what you know you mentioned some of the the boards you're sitting on what are some of the other you know projects that you're you're excited about that you're that you're proud about moving forward well uh, first of all i say something well, you, you said something there about you're exactly right grief is a different path for everyone and we've heard that so many times we went to some counseling and they tell you that and you don't really understand until you're i guess in our case and you're in a massive tragedy and, and there's 28 other families and there's 15 other angel families and 13 survivor families, and it's we're really all on different paths. You cross paths in some places and you move forward together, and in some places you cross paths and you opposite directions. And certainly some families, they just want to lay low, like you said. That's a great way of saying it. Just lay low. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with laying low. And it's just that, you know, our Logan's godfather, Neil Longevin, he told me about three, three weeks after the crash, he said, they're going to come. And I said, who's going to come? He said, I don't know who they're going to be, but they're going to come. And he was right. They came. And so 
we made a decision to go with being advocates. And so some of the projects I've been involved with is obviously Green Shirt Day, um, lots of media stuff. Um, we're also involved with the Kidney Trent, Kidney Organization, Kidney Foundation of Canada, Liver Foundation of Canada. Um, the bro Buckle Up for Broncos, a little bit, mostly because of my work with the University of Lethbridge Pronghorn rugby team. We buckle up on the bus all the time, so we promoted that. But other families would take certain things as theirs, and we took transplant as ours. And so really, you don't need to have 15 families doing something. It's just if they need help, then I'm, I'm prepared to jump. We just jump in, whether we get asked or not. We just, yeah, and I'm, yeah. So anyway, there's that kind of stuff. And yeah, we're just doing stuff. You know what I mean? Just, it's just kind of, yeah, I just kind of had this project going with the, you know, as you know, a hockey guy that the University of Lethbridge Pronghorns cut their men's and women's hockey programs. And we kind of thought that we could get that back. And we had a guy in the, our chair of our committee was a pretty powerful man with a few jingles in his jeans. And he had contacts, but it just wasn't meant to be. And that was the program was shut down officially a couple of days ago. So that was disappointing. That was I was looking forward to being part of that process in coming years. So that's kind of what we're doing. And uh, I don't know. Logan also has a golf tournament. We ran it. We're running for three years. COVID shut it down. But um, we just know that you can't keep taking. Lethbridge is a hundred thousand people, so you just can't keep taking money from other groups. So we're focusing really hard on Logan's tournament for three years, and we're raising a lot of money the first year. And this year is already lined up for a lot of money by Lafford standards, and that money just goes right back to charities. But probably the most exciting thing we're doing is we're involved with a group in northern Alberta called Second Chance Trail Ride. They're great guys. And what it is is there's five guys that started a – they all got double lung transplants, and they're from rural northern Alberta, so there's not many people live there. And they just raise money for people who have to move into Edmonton, which is a city of a million people, for transplants. you got to move there for your transplant. So they raise money to help pay your bills. And that's all they do. And so we've hooked into these guys. We spoke and donated a bunch of money to them. We're going to donate a bunch more for Logan's Golf Tournament. And it's just a great – I grew up in rural Alberta, so it's great for me. I love it. It's, they're, they're fun people. So, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like anything else, you know, that – you know, you, you like you mentioned earlier. You know, you sign your your card and you you go about your business and you forget all about it until until it does pop up and and, and affect you. You know, and as far as these guys, I mean, to think about, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever heard the the phrase double lung transplant before in, in conversation and just you know the 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 images that conjures up about what kind of what you have to go through. I mean, for one thing, to, to be in, in that position of need and then to have the opportunity. You know, with the uh, the organs pop up, and and yeah, you're gonna, and then to think that yeah, you're gonna have to uproot, like you said, and, and and start over and go to a major, you know, population center. I mean, I'm from a small prairie town myself, so I I can relate to that. And so it's yeah, that's uh, that's that's interesting. But then yeah, once you go through it, I mean, you're gonna be you can be pretty dedicated to it. You know, as far as these other guys, you know, with uh, what, what was the organization again? The trail ride. It's called the Second Chance Trail Ride. And they provide second chances for people to, after their transplant. It doesn't matter what their transplant is, but when we spoke at their event after their, we went with Chris Joseph, the NHL hockey, his son Jackson passed. And we invited him and his wife and their kids to come with us. And we spoke and we all, they all got us horses. If we wanted a horse, I rode in a wagon because I didn't want to ride a horse. My wife and my daughter, they rode the horse. They thought that was more exciting. I thought that's not very exciting. I'll ride the horse and tell lies to everybody who wants to listen to him. So it was awesome. So he rode in the, the wagon. 
and we spoke after and it was like there's like you know 300 people there and it's a rural thing it's good and they raise a crap load of money and they open their arms to us it's like this is what it's like and they're just there so at the part through the evening they said okay who has received a long a transplant or a tissue transplant 22 people have gone to the states 22 and we're just like wow like you don't even know like you don't know like the law the, the law firm that we work with the leopards is a law firm that does pro bono work for anything to do that has to do logan Goulet, it's free done that's just the way it is they came to us and simple as that and the owner who just passed the pancreatic cancer he was he had received cornea transplants so i kind of knew that bernie knew that because that's her family friends and he spoke on one of the uh sports net videos of logan and he said he'd received three transplants and his job and his and his life one of his life duties was to give back like it's three times the guy's had his corneas transplants we can see it's just amazing what a transplant does and you know, if Logan couldn't move on, like if Logan couldn't live, we've got to do something. And so we, my wife just gave the organs. And that was as simple as that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm obviously not connected to that, to that, you know, chapter of the Broncos in any way, aside from just being, you know, a hockey fan like the rest of us were. But, you know, when I had Caleb Dahlgren on the show about a year ago, I mean, that's what I told him is, you know, that they – those kids were our kids. They were, they were, you know, the, the everyman of, of junior hockey, you know, and whatever, you know, Saskatchewan league, Ontario league, Western league, that doesn't matter. I mean, our kids are on the bus the same way. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a miracle. It doesn't happen every year to somebody, you know what I mean? I mean, you think, you think of all the miles, all the kilometers, you know, all the conditions, the snow, everything else. I mean, you know, and that's kind of where, where it comes in and so you know i just speak for for myself that you know logan's story and the when it came out of it i mean we just desperately needed you know something good you know to 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 kind of turn the tide a little bit and and you know that you know and that and that was i mean even even if it would have just stopped with with the the six people that you know received his gifts you know that would have been pretty pretty good but you know the with the uh the logan boulet effect i mean what, what what was it like you know in 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 real time as far as riding that wave and, and just seeing the numbers start to roll in on that well it was kind of surreal we just the first two weeks we just kind of did our thing and trying to get over to whatever the next day brought and then just you just kept getting you go on your on the internet the twitter because you got to go see what's going on people are messaging you like crazy and the number just kept climbing and climbing. And then, of course, media wants to talk to you. We kind of blacked out the media. So we're not talking to anybody for a little. We'll talk about this and that's it. And it just kept going and going. We were just, like, amazed. And then came blood services. That's two counts across Canada. It's 100,000 people the first month. And that's only six problems out of the ten. There's four provinces. You don't even count the same way other provinces do. So you didn't even count those four provinces. One was Quebec, which is uh, 8 million people live in Quebec. That wasn't even included in their thing. So now they've re, they've re changed it to 150,000, 147,000 is the number in the first month and a half. And now the official number is around 300,000 over the last two and a half years, which transfers into like, I think that transfers almost into 12, 1.2 million impressions or conversations, direct conversations, which is a lot of people because Canada like, is only 37 million people. Like California's got more people than Canada does, and nicer weather too. 
So it was just surreal to, I guess, ride that wave. I never thought of that. I know what you meant, but it's not an expression I would have used, but it was surreal. And at the time, it was strange. When we first started to go speak at events, because organ groups would want us to go speak, you know, kidney, kidney foundation, liver foundation, whatever it was, we'd go speak. We don't say no to anybody. And we go speak, and uh, people come up to you and say, "Oh, we're so, we're so happy to meet you. We're so proud." And I'm, we're just—I just want to tell you that we've received—I've received a lung and all this. And you're sitting there going, "Like, I don't care. My son passed away, and like you're telling me this, you're all happy." And I don't. It took my wife and I probably six months to a year to like actually to understand what they were talking about. Like, they really do want to tell us. And now we, my wife and I, we do genuinely care. We want to know what people's experiences are. We want to know that you've lived your that you're living your life and you're giving back. That's what we want to know. But the first little wild chance, we're like, we we spoke, we're done. Can we just eat and go home now? Because this is not what we want to be at. But we're here to do it because that's what we need to do. It was strange. Well, I mean, you know, we touched on this that already that, you know, I mean every every journey like this is gonna be different and gonna be unique and you know, you can only walk your your own path and you know i mean those you know time heals all wounds and you know i'm i'm sure it you know hurts every day but you're in better shape now than you were a month ago a year ago two years ago you know three years ago almost to the day here coming up and you know it's and you know april 6th is always gonna always gonna hurt you know from here on out but hopefully less and less and again april 7th being a positive i mean you know it's uh yeah, and so it's like we're, you know, again, that's the whole point of this conversation is to try to find the positives. But you know, you can't. We we, we wouldn't need, we wouldn't have it. You know, if 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 Logan was still with us, we wouldn't be ha- you know having this conversation at all. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have done all this with the with the organ donor. So it's kind of, again, I, I mean, I, I respect what you've went through, and I, I I know it had to be hard, and I'm I'm glad that that we've got you know we've we've moved the ball to to the point where we are now. Absolutely, I. I yes, if, if we can't change what happens, so the path that we've chosen to go on is the right path. Green shirt days, it's big. It's big in Canada. COVID's kind of taken the window of the sales a little bit because you don't do so much virtually. But as you know, right with your show, but it's hard, and it's uh, we're moving forward as best we can. And we had lots of impressions last year, lots of numbers, and it's again this year we have people like I got talked to the green shirt gate. We have a guy that lives in Vancouver that basically runs the campaign. Okay, we just, we made a deal with this guy. We talked to some lawyers, and basically what he owns Green Shirt Day. He owns Facebook Green Shirt Day. All the Green Shirt Day things you can think of, he owns it with his marketing company. We made a deal that as long as Logan's not disparaged in any shape or form, and everything you do, you check with us, and we approve it, we're good to go. And so far, and we're going to, you know, that's that's how we do it. And he's been honest and upfront, and it's awesome. And so, um, yeah. He does a great job, and Green Shirt Day is really going. And he he phoned today, phones every day in the month of March. Let me tell you, every day he calls me, which is fine. And he told me that Leftbridge is going to be green. I go, oh, yeah, I know that. He goes, no, no, like you guys are the hotbed at Green Shirt. I go, well, we should be. He says, well, you guys are selling. I he says, I can't get over how many green shirts are sold year after year in Leftbridge. And we're just like, it doesn't happen. And as David says, you don't have to wear the the official green shirt. Just wear any green shirt you want to wear. Uh, are you familiar with the Canadian Football League very much? Uh, not, not, not really. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens if they merge, right? But, uh, oh, yeah. but well, anyway, there's a 
Calgary St. Peter's, they wear red. Saskatchewan Rough Riders wear green. I did an interview with the Calgary News well, not too long ago, a month and a half, a month ago, about Green Shirt Day, and I'm interviewing this guy, and he's also the football guy for the city of Calgary. And so he asked about Green Shirt Day, and I said, well, as long as they wear green, they can wear Saskatchewan Rough Rider jersey. He goes, whoa! I said, well, as long as they're not wearing M's and E, which is a green jersey. The M's jersey are just like green, green Bay Packers. So I made fun of the guy. So, yeah, you got to have some – I mean, I like to have fun. I'm, I like to think I'm a pretty funny guy, and so – it's sometimes with their humor is the best answer sometimes. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, the two of us have, have that in common. I mean, I tend to, I try, I laugh at most things and you know, and you're like, well, that's, but that's you're not something you're supposed to laugh at. I'm like, well, what else am I supposed to do? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you just try to try to get through it and you know, and it's a thing too. I mean, you know, we're going, you know, again, the show isn't about me or what, what's going on in my house, but you know, we've had a, we had a, a, a setback over, over Christmas and my girlfriend broke both her ankles at the same time. And that's been, oh. been hard on her, but I mean, she's going to be fine, you know, and she's better by the day. But when I bring that up, I mean, you were talking earlier about, you know, the first few months and, and going through this and it just kind of maybe, you know, I can relate to a little bit in that, you know, and she gets pretty down and, and, and pretty, pretty upset about things. And I'm like, Hey, you know, we're getting better. There's this positive and this positive. And then, you know, she thinks I'm dismissing her, her concerns. And I'm like, well, no, but I, if you tell me everything sucks, I can't agree with you. So I have to try to talk you out of this and try to be like, hey, you know, we're going to be okay because of this and this. And, yeah. but you don't want to hear it, you know? No. And so I was just, you know, I was just thinking of the kind of, you know, completely different circumstances, obviously, but, you know, just thinking like, you know, I kind of, and and that's all you're really trying to do too. I mean, in 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 grief is you know is try to try to relate and try to walk a mile in your shoes and you know try to tell you that we're here for you, even if again it wasn't going to help at the time. I mean, like you're saying, looking back on it, I mean, it kind of it does make sense now. Yeah, yeah, it does. I like to tell stories. So I got to tell you a couple of stories of Logan's hockey, just because you're a hockey broadcast. And so I got as you're talking, I don't know. Things, good things, right? So it. when Logan was 15, he was uh, not drafted in the WHL at 14. He's an undrafted player. and But he played in what's called the Alberta Cup. They take the top 160 Bantam players, and he made that. And each region has a team, and they have very strict rules how many times you can practice once the teams are selected. like So so let's say the Calgary teams don't have an advantage over a rural team, right? Because the rural guy's going to drive 100 miles to practice. Calgary guys drive 20 minutes at the rink, right? So it's not... They have all these strict rules. So anyway, did really, really well in his team that in that tournament that year. They finished second, lost in overtime. So he got picked up by the Prince George Cougars, and he's pretty excited, and I'm pretty excited, and that's going to be our big father-son road trip. We're going to Prince George, which is 600 kilometers. So that's about 400 miles to Leverage. We're going to Prince George, right? So off we go. We got the car loaded up, and they reads, "Oh, gotta have a, gotta have a suit." So we buy him a you know a jacket to go with his dress pants because. Right, the guy's almost six feet tall. We need a suit for you. He's gonna grow another foot, probably. So anyway, get him a suit thingy, and off we go to the thing. And it's pretty good. And we get there and check in the hotel, and he's he's making the team, Dad, because you know, Dad, there's there's they have a young guns game, and then they're going to a rookie tournament in Edmonton. The Oil Kings, the Prince George Cougars, and the Red Deer Rebels are playing a rookie tournament. Yes, Logan, I know that. I'm going to make a team. Yes, of course you are, son. You're making the team. Yeah, whatever. So anyway, we go to the. T- we go to the tryouts, and they got two teams. They got a veteran team and a rookie team. That's it. Kona has like eight rookie teams come to their camp. 
the Rockets. Prince George has one rookie team. And on the rookie team, they're all drafted players for the last two years, except for Logan Rother Kid. So his dad and Santa going like, I'm thinking to myself, you're not making this team, son. Because you're not drafted. You're just there because they thought there might be something that they might have overlooked. Because they got all these drafted guys. You got to, you got to, they're not. So anyway, sure enough, he doesn't make the team, but he worked his ass off. It was a really good camp and worked hard. It was fun. And we get in our vehicle, we drive back to Leftbridge, our 11 hour drive back. Get back to Leftbridge and he needed his jacket and we forgot in the hotel room. Never wore it once, forgot in the hotel room. So that was our trip to Prince George. <laughs> that was just, that was just a WHL experience. Going up there, playing great, having a great time and leaving his brand new jacket in the hotel. But we got it back. Another one is, uh, this is a bit of an SJ story. He'd worked his way up the ladder real hard, right? And he got to be a veteran, a th- uh, like a veteran player, a 20-year-old in the Broncos, and pretty rough, tough defenseman. Had could put a few point pucks in that too, but he's prepared to uh, to defend guys and step in when required. But he didn't fight very often because he didn't really need to. He was pretty big and strong, and a lot of guys didn't want to deal with him. And he got in a scrap in Flin Flon, Manitoba, and he beat the crap out of this guy, broke his nose, and split him for seven stitches. It was a bit of a mess. The guy, well, if you're thinking of hockey, he deserved it. He ran his, he ran along his deep partner from behind real bad. And so the, he has to leave, right? So he's getting changed up and everything. And and I, I phoned him on the cell phone. We were talking. I go, where are you? Oh, I'm in the hospital. What do you mean you're in the hospital? Well, the day told me, what? And I said, yeah. So when it, what happened at the end of the second period? Like, okay. So what did you do? Well, I just walked to the hospital. You walked? Well, it's across the rink after from the, from the rink and flim flon. Oh, okay. So you walk right through all the fans, like 800 fans. He goes, yeah. And what did they say to you? You walk all by myself. What did they say? Nothing. What do you mean nothing? Nobody said nothing to you? He says, no, Dad. It's fun fun. I just wheeled their guy. They respected me. <laughs> no way. Does that happen anywhere? And then he says, well, if it was a playoff game, I would have got, got beat dead. But it, was, it wasn't a playoff game, Dad. I wheeled their guy. That's pretty good. So I like those two stories, though. They're both kind of funny stories and different perspectives of the kid of Logan my son I, th- I think Caleb Dahlgren told me of um, his viewpoint of that that same incident Flynn Flon if I remember right I might have to go back and and re-listen to it and and uh, and, and and compare compare the two uh, the, the two versions but yeah I think I think he I think you remember you know he, he got got after that guy pretty good whoever it was but uh, yeah we've seen the video they sent us we got that whole the tape finally and it's not as good as we used to get like a WHL tape you got to remember Flinflon, the fabulous Whitney Foreman, Flinflon, Manitoba, is not a new rink by any street, built in 1960. And their filming is about the same quality, but he beat the pants off this kid. And and then it was, you know, his, the guy had nine, he got the other guy got nine games suspended for his first check, and Logan got 16 games. Didn't get, he didn't get any suspended at all, but he had to, sell, he got, had to have surgery on his hand and fix some knuckles, put a couple pins in, and that's the way she goes. You break your hand on a guy's nose. But, yeah, switch goes. Well, you know, in the absence of, of of this conversation, this context, I mean, just thinking about, you know, why wouldn't you put the uh, the hospital next to the hockey rink? I mean, that makes that makes sense to me. That's that that's how if you're going to draw up a, a community, that's that seems like uh, you, could, you could cut out a lot of trips back and forth that way. Well, on Flintfall, you sure can. <laughs> it's kind of a rough mining town. I don't know if you know much about Flintfall, but. Take a rough mining town you can think of, and that's what the food fun is. Logan loved going to food. It was one of his favorite places to go play with his places. No matter what you did, they yelled at him. It was awesome. He And Logan, he didn't get very many families. He's a pretty clean player, but he was big, like not heavy big, but we're talking six foot two, 
196, 198 pounds. And I'm not making that up. That's what he was. And there's, there's not a whole lot of fat. And he was pretty aggressive. And he was prepared to defend himself and defend his teammates. So he made him for a pretty tough defenseman. And he loved Flintlock. And you go there, you didn't play tough. You weren't much good at the team. So he liked Flintlock. And the ice surface was smaller. Like it wasn't NHL size. So the corners are tight. And you know what? That guy, that board's going to come in, come in there and say hi to you if you want to puck. And he loved it. It was a great place to play. Well, you know, a town like that where your, you know, most, you know, famous son is, is Bobby Clark, I think that tells you a lot, you know, just in itself, you know. He met Bobby Clark, but it was, one, it was Bobby, like Bobby Clark comes up once a year for Bobby Clark night or day. So he flew up there, Bobby Clark, and they, they played the Broncos. And the Broncos beat them. And there's only one hotel in Flintbone that they put you at, and that's the same hotel Bobby Clark stayed at. And so in the morning, they're all getting ready to get, get on the bus and head to the next game, and Bobby Clark's in the lobby. And Logan looked around like nobody wants to go over and talk to him. Like they're all scared to talk. So Logan goes over and says, hello, Mr. Clark. How are you? Shook his hand, visited, and nobody else came over. They're all scared to talk to Bobby Clark. <laughs> Logan is awesome. And yeah. I got a text. Dad, guess who I just met? Who? Bobby Clark. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Him and Ridge Elise are pretty tough guys. You're right. Bobby Clark. Yeah, I was just thinking that, you know, he's probably – you know, he was always famous for. Uh, you know, he wouldn't. He he wouldn't have played the way he played without uh, without the rest of the Flyers. You know, backing him up and, and allowing him to to do so. I mean, it's definitely one of the things where the game has changed since then. Exactly. Well, yeah. You mentioned Caleb Dahlgren. Caleb, uh, Caleb and Logan were pretty good friends, and I'll say that because Logan didn't. Logan talked lots about guys. Logan liked to go out there and have a good time, and he wasn't scared to have a good time. And Caleb. Had a girlfriend, a steady girlfriend, and he wasn't as much as going out to have a good time. But the the little place that Caleb lived at was just literally, literally around the corner from Logan lived by himself with the family, and Caleb lived with Stephen Wack and a guy named Brace Brace Fisk. And uh, that was kind of the party place, not because Caleb and Stephen wanted to party, because Bryce wanted to party. And so the year before it was Parker Walker and Luke Kemp, they wanted to party, and Logan, oh, I'll go there. So. <laughs> So Logan, they'd go there, and Caleb always be like, oh. so. but Logan and Caleb got along real well, spent lots of time together. They sat side by side in the dressing room, ate at Johnny's restaurant together, coached the uh, Special Olympics men's hockey team, a four hockey, like co-ed four hockey team with uh, the local coaches. It was fun. So Logan spoke, actually spoke very highly of Caleb, and Caleb speaks very highly of Logan. And, he's, and Caleb's one of the guys that we say, there's about three of the boys that contact us. It's hard because Logan, some of Logan's best friends, passed with Logan. So it's hard. Right? You're not going to get contact with guys that passed. So the guys that didn't pass, um, Mac Amerser contacts us, Tyler Smith contacts us, and Caleb Dahlgren. Those other guys we get, you know, the odd text, which is fine. We love to get them all the time. But those three guys, they give us the most contact, and we love to hear from them. They're all great guys. Yeah, I'm excited to, to see uh... – Caleb's book. It's in the it's in the mail right now. I think I think it might have to be coming coming from uh, over the border. I'm not sure, but you know, yeah, you know, I didn't yeah know that story about um, about Logan going up to to uh, try out in, in in PG and try to make the, the WHL. I mean, you always you know, it, and and I don't follow you know Junior A that close. You know, and and, and you get lost in it and. But, you know, a lot of those guys are playing specifically, you know, to try to, you know, make NCAA rosters or, 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 or whatnot. And so I kind of always wondered what, 
what Logan's path was, you know, if he was, you know, just trying to play at whatever highest level he could get to and then figure the rest of it out there. I mean, what, what was, you know, if, if he would, if he was still with us, I mean, what was, what was his plans as far as, you know, the rest of his hockey career and, and, and education wise? Well, Logan's path started about when he was 12 or 13 years old, he's going to play in the NHL. Then he realized that wasn't going to happen. That state, like, I don't mean to be negative, but it's like, it's a pretty hard thing to do. So then he just wanted to be a junior hockey player. Just wanted to play junior hockey. When he got a chance to play in the SJHL, he was jacked. And then he got to be a pretty good SJHL player. Actually quite good by his 20-year-old year. And and he's like, well, what can I do? And then schools are talking to him the year in his great second year. In his third year, their schools are talking to him, American schools and a few Canadian schools. But he had made up his mind he wanted to be a teacher. I'm a teacher. I retired. My wife's a teacher. And he liked to coach kids already. He'd already come back in the summer and coach kids and he just felt like he wanted to be an elementary school teacher. That's what he kind of wanted to do. So then he told you, he told the hockey guy at the, at the Broncos that helps you get your scholarships, like kind of like your agent in a way. And he just told him, says, you know, if they don't have a good education program, I'm not going there. And they said, what do you mean? So they don't, if they don't have, like, I don't even want to talk to them. Like they're just wasting their, my, my time and their time. I'm not going to go. The University of Leopard where we live is one of the top education facilities in Canada to be a teacher. That's it. So the other one in Western Canada that's the top is the University of Regina in Saskatchewan and they were just about to go watch them the next weekend but the crash happened. So that was out. So obviously that was. So he wanted to be a teacher. He wanted to go to Lethbridge. He wanted to be a pronghorn unless something really good came up and there wasn't a lot of those offers because NCAA schools like Div 3 schools they those, a lot of those scholarships for the guys are mostly business scholarships for Zed's car. He wanted to be get an education degree and those are hard to transfer back into Canada because the curriculum is different in Canada than, than the States. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it does. And so, you know, you figure that, <clears throat> you know, not to, to overgeneralize, I mean, most here, you know, high end, you know, hockey programs. Yeah. They're not, I mean, you know, people talk about, yeah, you're going to go to NCAA for education. Well, the guys that are good are playing one year, two years, you know they're not going to finish. They're not going to do anything with it. You know they're going to they're going to you know cast their lot in the in the pro ranks. Whereas, you know if 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 Logan was set on you know making his education into something and and designing it around that, I mean that makes that makes sense to me. I mean that's the you know that's one of the best things about you know major junior especially is the education program because you know that's where most of these guys are are going to end up rather than going pro and. So that's, that's interesting. And, and, and at the time, I mean, the pronghorn program, you know, we thought was going to go for perpetuity, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So he wanted to be a pronghorn. He was, he was I mean, this is a dad talking. He would have moved in there and been there five, six, seven defense, right? Fought for time. Not like fought, but, you know, competed for ice time and all that stuff. And then maybe in year two or three, he gets to be maybe the three, four defenseman. He knew all that, and then maybe you're gonna. You might think you'd be getting the one-two slot, but then a, then a top-notch dub guy comes to the prongers. Well, then you drop back down to where you were. So he knew that to get past three, four wasn't probably in the in the cards. But he was okay with being working his way up. You know, year three, maybe being a three-four guy. That was that was okay with him because he loaded the team first guy, and he likes to compete all the time on and off the ice. And competition on the ice and in practice means. If I don't compete hard, then I'm letting my team down because I'm not making that guy better. Practice is designed to make a person better. So if I don't bust my ass and 
push you, Mr. Ford, or as a defense partner to, to work in battle drills or whatever, that I'm not doing your job, my job. So he would do that. He'd compete. And sometimes guys didn't like that very much in practice, but that's the way she went. So he's prepared to do that and get a degree because, again, like you said, in universities in Canada, most of those schools, those guys that might they might go after play some pro hockey in Europe, might might go down and get some East Coast hockey league stuff. But that's once you get to the, the universities in Canada, you're pretty well. You're not making the NHL. Some guys do still, yeah, they do, but not very many. Because the top top guys from the WHL, they go on to American Hockey League, whatever, right? And then the next level down, they're the CAS guys because they're ineligible for NCAA, right? Yeah. So most of the guys in SHL. They go play Division Three, Saskatchewan Junior League. The BCHL, like British Columbia, they get a lot of they get a lot of Division One guys come out of there. So, well, I mean, just, but but you never know. I mean, if you would have played CIS, I mean, you know, another year or two, the right coach, the right. I mean, some guys just bloom late, you know, or blossom late. I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you never know. I mean, maybe would have made it in something, but you know, I, I really like the the concept of you know. I'm going to get schooling out of this. Hockey is going to work for me in this case, you know, and that's, I mean, what school hey, costs, I mean, <laughs> you know, you got to figure out some way to pay for it. Absolutely. It's what it, it all is. It's what school costs and I need to get something out of it. And he would have got, he would have been, a, well, I say I would have been a teacher because that's what the plan was at that time. Things change. You could have fallen in love with archaeology for all you know. Who knows, right? Like, you never know. Like, one of his best buddies he played hockey with that played a Nippon with against him, one of the Logan's Paul Bears. He's now went to the university for a year, didn't like it, and he's now trying to be a fireman. Awesome. Another guy that played again, another Paul Bear of Logan's that played Nippon also. From Leftbridge, he played for the Pronghorns, and he wore Logan's number 27 in honor of Logan, which is pretty cool. And then he's going, he's been writing his dentistry exam. So you never know what you're going to do, right? Logan's pretty sharp, and maybe you want to be uses. Sharpness skills to be more than his dad as a teacher. I think I was sharp, but he's way sharper than I am. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> he's a little, he's a little smarter than me, more like his mom. <laughs> well, I'm a- I talk about I talk about him being competitive in practice. I think it was his first or second practice with the Broncos. Like Logan Schatz, who was the captain. Right? Logan and Logan and Logan got to be buddies, real good, tight friends. But it's like Logan's second or third practice. Well, not the first because I watched first one. Second, third, maybe fourth practice. Logan Schatz decides that the team has to get more competitive. And he's going to pick on this new guy. And he starts, they're doing a battle drill. He cross-checking Logan and cross-checking Logan. And Logan's like, what the hell? Like, he's not going to back. I don't care who you are. I got to make this team. I got to stick or they're going to trade me. Right? I just got here. So next thing you know, Shotzi drops the gloves and, and tries to punch Logan. Well, that was a mistake. And he, then Shotzi's on the ice and Logan's like hitting him. Hold, hold on, like, stay. And Shotzi said, stay. Like this Andrew Thompson, who's a friend of Logan, another guy that's a Paul Bear, but he lives in Leopard. He's he could hardly wait to text me. <laughs> Guess what Logan did today? He beat up the assistant captain. I go, what? <laughs> but he said the whole time Logan was just ragdolling him and not trying to hurt him, just just lay on the ice and stay there, little guy, or else I have to do more to you, and I don't want to. <laughs> so anyway, Logan got to stay in shots. You got to be captain. It was awesome. But it's just like, you know, you got to compete, and if you don't compete and make guys better, then you're not going to get better as a team. Yeah. And such a, such a fine line as far as, you know, being assertive and you know picking on the right guy, but that can also blow up too. But yeah, you just got to roll well, the dice, did. especially in that moment. Well, he didn't know Logan very well. He wouldn't have picked on Logan later on. 
<laughs> tell you that. <laughs> Not very many guys ever did pick out long because they learned the hard way. But he didn't, like I said, he only scrapped three times, so it was just fine. But he liked to play. He's a good player. He played rugby, too, like in the schools. Their provincial champ. He's a rugby player. He, Mark Ripe, rugby, Bamden. He curled for the curling team in, the, in our high school. He played, you name the sport. He's a guitar player. He's an accomplished artist in art shows. You name it. He went to Europe with his sister just before the year they passed. He went to go visit my, my niece, their cousin, who's in Paris, living with her husband. He's an engineer. And they start touring art galleries, and Logan's discussing the pit, the, the brush strokes and the tonalities of the colors. And he's looking at what are you talking about? Well, he's, he's discussing all these these masterpieces, and the people are going like, you know all this stuff? Well, yeah, don't you guys know it? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, he's a well-rounded individual. Yeah, it's a, it's a big loss. I just like to talk a little bit about other parts, and I like to talk about his hockey, too, because, yeah. That's good. No, that's a that's that's a it's a that's a great. It's a more well-rounded conversation, you know. I mean that, you know, and there, you know, he was. And we talked about this. I mean, he wasn't a he wasn't a star. He didn't, you know, he wasn't world renowned, anything like that. So there wasn't he wasn't the most photographed player. But I'm pretty sure every picture I've ever seen him, he's he's smiling. He's got a a, a, a big smile, like I, I, you know, and that just seems. I mean, you would know that better than anyone i mean that's just if you can if you can read in to, to, to what a guy was like i mean that's a that's that's a, a a positive takeaway for me absolutely he's yeah i get to yeah my wife we had there's 2500 people came to logan's funerals the largest funeral in the history of leverage which is unbelievable the day before was brock hershey's funeral so people obviously came in town for brock's funeral it was huge it was 1600 people and then the exact same hockey rink we were in the same rink the next day for Logan's and they put more and like Christopher Steves with his brothers that I taught all three of them. And they all three of them went to the high school I taught at. I taught Bryce, Mitch and Chris. I taught them all. I don't know if I taught Chris much, but I taught them all. Okay. I don't think I taught Bryce. Any. I taught Mitch. Some. He actually paid attention to class, but anyway, they're sitting there and they're like, apparently Christopher Steve turned to Bryce and said, I can't believe how many people are here. I just unbelievable. And they just came in that. And you know, and so anyway, I pointed all this is that, Cousin of Bernie's, they had like a little card section, just write a little card of memory of Logan. So we have 800 memories of Logan in this photo album on these little cards, like just write a little card, a memory of Logan. And it's overwhelming, like how many people would talk about his smile and how he could make people laugh and a jokester and he could tell stories and he wouldn't tell a lie, just tell a story, right? You know, it's like having your grandpa tell you a story. It's not a lie, it's a story. As long as you know it's just a story, it's not awesome. You think he's telling the truth, well, then you're in trouble. Right, I think your grandpa. That's my grandpa, anyway. But uh, yeah, he just—he's just a guy that people would would go to. But he didn't want to ever be the guy in front. He was always the guy behind, supporting, backing up people, letting up rooms with laughter. But he was never the class clown. Didn't want to ever be the guy in the front of the group. Does that make sense? Assistant captain. He was that for many years in hockey and in the rugby too. He just liked being the assistant captain. I'll support the captain, but Lord knows I don't have to give the speech. <laughs> That kind of guy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, as we probably probably about ready to put a put a bow on this, but you know, you were talking about the way the way he played in practice, you know, and and trying to uh, you know push everybody and trying to make your your teammates better and and being a team first guy, and then that you know as far as you know what we what we know him for, you know, now, I mean, that just seems like a perfect metaphor as far as you know if 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 uh, if we're all on the same team. You know, he, he 
definitely pushed all of us to, to, to try to be better and try to put, you know, team first, you know, and I think that's, uh, I think that's, that's pretty, pretty succinct. I mean, the way you, the way you mentioned, you know, d- described his, his playing habits, I mean, it kind of applied to, uh, to, to what he, the impact he made on the, on the rest of the world. And thank you. I appreciate that. And that's, that's what we raised both our children that way. And we like to think that that's how we were raised by my wife and I were raised by our parents. And we raised our kids to work hard and give back to society and and be respect be responsible for your actions. And Logan's like that. Our daughter Rico is certainly like that too. Logan's a little bit more <laughs> understanding. Rico's a little bit more of a rule book Roger. How about that? <laughs> Logan say, if I break this rule, I make an extra beer at the party. Rico's like, no, I brought four. I can only get four, kind of thing. <laughs> but Logan's like, oh, another one. <laughs> so but they're just different kids. But I appreciate, and you're right, it's about time to put a bow on it. But you know, Chad, I appreciate having an opportunity to talk about my son and talk about a little bit about Green Shirt Day and the Logan Blue Effect. I know because people know about it. I just wanted to give your listeners down in the Portland area and the WHL a little bit of background on Logan. Like, it's just, they just see what they see in the news or they read. But this is like, he was just a regular guy that liked to have fun and back up his teammates and work his ass off. That's basically what it was and work. Well, work, 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 work. That's good. You know, I I wear his uh, his jersey to the to the rink sometimes. I mean, whenever whenever that happens again, you know, and it'll yeah. be it'll be a little nice to uh, you know have known a little more about the about the player that that I'm wearing his sweater. So, yeah. And if you shoot me your address, your mailing address on uh, direct messages on Twitter, because we don't want the whole world to know this. But they're gonna. I'm sure the whole world listens to your podcast. But anyway, more than the one we did that got released today. But anyway, um, yeah, just shoot me your 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 email your uh, mail your actual mail address, and I'll fire you. I got something to send you. Sweet. And then tell me your size. And then tell me your size too. Sweet. All right. Well, I appreciate. Okay. I, pr- I appreciate your time, Toby. Okay. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate it. You bet. <laughs>